And we are live. We are live. Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm really happy that we're actually back in session or back. Uh, the show is back. Uh, we had a, a week off last week for the Android Bay. As you know, I was spending it with my son. Uh, he had a competition or a swim meet that started actually, well, you know, it was over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So, um, as time goes on, just kind of a little bit of a heads up, as my son's competition future kind of goes through, uh, forward, uh, there's, there may be some weekends where we actually have to skip and or maybe figure out a way of actually getting uh, the, the, you know, the show maybe airing on a slightly different day. Um, I will say, uh, you know, first and foremost, Sabah everybody, welcome back to the channel. I have Steve, uh, we have uh, Dan, Ground Attack, and then of course, Lonnie's going to be catching it on the replay tomorrow. Uh, welcome to the show. It is Saturday, April, sorry, April, March 26th. I'm like, wow, we're jumping into April. Uh, at the almost at the end of Q1 of 2022, and we're going to talk about a lot of the announcements that happened today and some of the things that have been going on as far as developments, things that have been exciting me this week. Uh, and of course, uh, we have Robin, we have uh, Jimmy in there, uh, Sebastian Lobos, of course. Thank you very much, everybody kicking it in. Um, it's been an interesting week. A lot of announcements, um, some announcements that weren't really specific, but then also uh, a launch of a new device that was actually very exciting for me. And I'm still very excited about this device. And that's the Moto Edge Plus 2022 or the Moto Edge 30, depending on what market you're in. Same phone was released in different names and different markets, but at the essence, this is a Motorola intending to give us a flagship experience in 2022, in early 2022. And it was a very surprising device. And of course, uh, my buddy yesterday got his device, which is the uh, you know the Edge Plus 2022 as well. And if you had a chance to watch his show, you would have seen how excited he was. So Juan definitely got a chance to get a chance to play with that one. So I'm very happy for him there. Um, I see Greg is in there as well. Jimmy, uh, have to pop in and out, in and out, a uh, bit busy. You know, no, absolutely, guys. Uh, and of course, uh, Gerd is in there. Good uh, Abend. Uh, good afternoon. Good Abend, my friend. Uh, yes, <laughs> kicking it with us here uh, from Germany. Um, the The week has been interesting because we had a couple of announcements. So first and foremost, well, there's three announcements. Um, nothing did announce on the the actual, well, they announced their intention to launch a phone in the summer or a phone that we'll find out more about in the summer, but they gave us the intention of what the, what the spirit of the phone is supposed to be. Uh, they also gave us an information that obviously there's going to be a launcher that's going to be coming out in a, next month. Not sure what part, what time in April, but we'll see how that kind of becomes a, a reality. Um, but then there was also the, uh, you know, Realme also launched the Realme GT Neo, GT Neo 3, um, which was demoed at MWC 2022 while I was there in the show. The phone uh, during that time wasn't fully vetted. It wasn't done. Like there was no camera sensors on the back. It was actually literally a black slate in the back. Uh, but if you had a chance to catch my reel that I posted on Instagram while I was at MWC for the Realme GT, um, GT2 Pro launch, uh, you would have caught that. That was part of the show there. It was just, you know, nicely tucked in in there. Um, Finn Jacobs, good morning. Sammy's in there. Hey, finally, thank you very much. And then Ron, of course. Um, the other thing is Honor decided also to launch the Honor X8, not the 8X. This is a specifically the X8. I know there is an 8X model that was released a while back, actually. It was more kind of like on their low budget end. Um, and then, of course, the big thing, obviously, as I mentioned to you guys at the beginning, was uh, nothing. Now, as far as device launches, uh, the X, well, the Edge 30, well, sorry, the Edge Plus 2022 was announced about a month ago, like right before maybe MWC, but it finally became available to purchase. So as of, I think, was it Wednesday or Thursday, 
you're able to pick it up if you're looking to pick up a Motorola. And we was running at a promotion of $100 off. So it actually runs normally at $1,000, so $999. And that's what Motorola thinks is a fair price for it. But at the beginning, it's kind of like an early bird sale or an early sale, kind of like how uh, Nokia likes to do it. Same way, kind of like how Realme does it, as well as some other companies that they have the early bird uh, pricing you get $100 off. So for $8.99 from Amazon, Best Buy, and Motorola's website, you're gonna be able to pick it up, as well as Verizon. Now, Verizon had a different pricing strategy because that's the device I got. So the one we're talking about, obviously, is this guy. So this is the Edge 30 2022, a revamped, upgraded experience from Motorola with a very surprising feature that I didn't think I was gonna be this excited about till I got a chance to play with it. So um, I pushed out a couple of videos this week it's been a busy week. It's been a kind of a crazy week, actually. Uh, Dragon Goddess, hey, good morning. Welcome, welcome. Um, Golan, hey, Golan Lavi, shalom, shalom, Golan. How are you? Um, go, uh, what was I going to say? So I released a couple of videos because this week, I'll be very honest, has been a crazy week. Um, I did have some help help uh, with uh, trying to you know provide uh, content uh, editing. I was trying to get help uh, work with somebody. Unfortunately, timing wasn't working uh, on their end, so we weren't able to work that out. Hopefully, we'll pick that up again in another week or so. But the long story short, uh, that threw me off a little bit when it came to production. Uh, I, day job has been super, super crazy. And of course, I can, as you can imagine, things just took some time. But I did make sure to hit it with the Motorola's because it seems like it's a Motorola week for me. Uh, and we're going to talk about it today. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, nicely closed up uh, in that way. Um, still using ColorOS. So Greg's running ColorOS 12 on his OnePlus 8. So he's been running the beta on that one. Um, and uh, I think he's been having some you know, interesting experiences. It's a beta. It's not going to be 100%. Um, I see uh, Dan. Hey, <laughs> Dan jumping in. Uh, been enjoying yours and Juan's desktop mode uh, coverage so far. I'm looking to get in my... So Dan's looking to get in on a Fold 3. Um, earlier this week when I was... Uh, as I'm doing my day job, I usually like to, you know, if anybody, anybody that I follow is technically streaming, I usually have them running on the top monitor as I'm doing my work on the bottom monitor. Um, so as I was watching a show earlier this week, he'd mentioned that he was interested in looking into a Fold 3. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what you think. Um, it's a foldable, obviously. It's a big, the larger format of the foldables. Uh, and of course, it is a very unique experience because it's different than what we get from smartphones. It's also not similar to what we've seen with LG in the past when it's two phones, exact um, phones that basically you just take and you're basically just opening them up and getting like a second case with LG devices like the Velvet and the, the, Velvet and the V60. Uh, so I would I really be, be interested to see what you think. Uh, and let me know if you decide to pick up the pen for it as well. Um, then if you decide to start using it, you know, to actually use S Pen functionality on the Fold, since the Fold 3 does support that. Um, and uh, hey, Sam is in the chat. Sam, hey, everybody say hi to Sam. Uh, haven't seen Sam in the chat for some time. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Um, the weather has been interesting here in LA, like seriously interesting. We hit... 92 94 and what that means essentially is like about 38 degrees yesterday and we were in march so it's weird weather we go very weird uh, i know the east coast is a very different ecosystem <laughs> because we get sun they get sun you know they get snow that's typically how it goes but um finn jumped in real quick with a quick comment here it says um, i saw your ready for video tk yesterday i think dex is still better than motors desktop mode but samsung should also implement um the feature of using your uh, your device as a streaming device so i'm with you on the on the fact that i feel like samsung has 
a very good solid performance when it comes down to the desktop experience. I don't disagree with the fact that I feel like if I had to compare just the desktop experience, I, I will give that edge over to Samsung. But where I feel like the difference between the two is, is just from the user experience, right? What is it that you have to do to know that your system or your device supports this function? So for Samsung devices, you really need to kind of know that this has DeX and you have to look for it or somebody has to tell you about it. Where with Ready4, at least with Motorola's approach, they're putting this front and center. If you plug your phone straight to your PC just to transfer your data, typically on most devices, you'll get a couple of options. USB charging, um, I think uh, tethering, if, depending on the phone, if it supports it, but typically, typically it's file transfer in Android Auto, right? Well, Motorola is doing is a little bit different. Motorola right out of the box tells you, do you want to launch a ready for? It tells you that this feature is in there and it tries to push it. And I feel like this is where I feel like Samsung is a little bit in trouble. I didn't think, I don't, I'm not trying to make it sound like Samsung's, you know, the Samsung DeX is dead. Absolutely not. I think Samsung DeX is a very robust system. Very, I think the, the gesture supports alone for me are a big win. Because when I'm able to use my mouse pad to basically, you know, minimize, maximize, jump into recents, open windows, snap windows, those are very functional features that I feel like Ready4 is not there. But I think they're very close. And I think Samsung needs to feel that there's a little bit of a heat coming up. There's no longer them competing with Android 12 desktop mode or 10 and 11 desktop mode. They're competing with somebody that has a very robust system that is an international brand. Now, it may not be the number two. It may not be a direct competitor in that sense. But at the end of the day, when I look at it as far as kind of experiences between the two, right now, I like the fact that Ready4, when I connect it to my TV, asks me what I want to do. Am I trying to browse or am I able, do I want to use the desktop experience? Do I want to play games? Do I want to make video calls? That's another thing. Using Wi-Fi video calls on your phone and streaming it straight to the TV, that's something that's very unique and something very functional. So again, I, I'm with you. I don't think Samsung is very... It's not as uh, I didn't mean when I say is, Sam, is Samsung Dex in trouble. I didn't mean like as is it getting canceled. I meant to say that they need to feel the heat and they need to start kind of working on developing new features and innovating in that field again, because I feel like this was something that was easily missed on there and they could have done something very similarly, uh, made it a little bit easier uh, to cast your phone right now on Samsung. You have to go into the notification panel and you have to use Smart View. I think uh, they changed the name of it. Uh, it used to be screencasting and now it's called yeah Smart View where again, Motorola, everything's done from the same UI. I can do screencasting, I can do gaming, allo, uh, you know, play uh, duos or something like, you know, all of those things I feel like are, are slightly a little bit more, um, I'm not gonna say it's a much better, but I feel like they may have beat Samsung to the punch on providing a better UI, you, you know, a user interface that maybe makes more sense a little bit. Um, Golan jumping is, I wonder what you would choose, uh, sorry, um, what you would choose from them. OnePlus 10 Pro or the Xiaomi 12 Pro or the Oppo Find X5 Pro. So I've had a chance to play with two of these devices for an extensive amount of time, an extensive time, uh, amount of time. So this is where the, the challenge kind of comes in. It's no surprise that everybody knows I have a OnePlus 10 Pro. I cannot talk about my experience about it yet. I'll say that at this point, between these three devices, if I had to pick one, honestly, I'll probably say the Find X5 Pro. And that's, that device I've had for... I want to say almost about a month and a half now. I had it some time before the, uh, the launch event and I had an opportunity to take it and I've, I've tested it out. During my time at MWC, I was using the Find X5 Pro extensively. There was a big difference when you're when you use a device to just review it and then necessarily move on and to take it and actually depend on it to produce content while on the go. 
I used it on Project Fi. It was connecting and giving me really good speed. Upload speeds were really working very nicely for me. So the experience for me right now, the way I'm looking at it, uh, honestly, um, I, I like the Find X5 Pro. I like the 12, Xiaomi 12 Pro. That one does definitely get a little bit warmer. The ceramic material on the Find X5 Pro definitely feels better, and it does give me better thermal management because it doesn't actually let the 8th Gen 1 run, you know, um, for the lack of a better word, loosey-goosey kind of thing, just letting it just do whatever it wants. It manages it, and I feel like even with the throttle mode on, I haven't had that many opportunities. Uh, I felt like I need to turn on performance mode uh, to get that on there. So out of the three, right now, we'd definitely be the Find X5 Pro, and it's mostly because... I'll say that my time with the 10 Pro has not been long enough, and it's hard for me to choose one over that I haven't had a chance to actually uh, fully get into and actually enjoy. So I'll be able to share with you guys more, obviously, hopefully in the next week or so. Um, but my goal is essentially to, you know, you have to live with the phone. You have to use it. And I, one thing to mention, I never used the Chinese variant. I was specific and adamant not to import that version and try to experience a different version of a OnePlus. A OnePlus that's intended for the Chinese market. And that's why one of the things I wanted to actually, uh, you know, make it uh, very pure. So hopefully that answers the question there. I think Xiaomi definitely provides a very great bang for the buck experience. The cameras there are definitely very nice. The Find X5 Pro definitely has a lot of bells and a lot of uh, new options, especially the five axis stabilization on the camera. And Night mode. Night mode is definitely very, very uh, good, especially nighttime photography with that. Excuse me. Let's take a little bit of water. Um, I don't know why I decided to pick up my OnePlus bottle. I've had this for literally like three or four years. Very nice. Um, very good. Very solid bottle. I got it in uh, in the UK for, um, oh man, was it the 7 Pro? It was one. It was one of the launches in the UK that I got a chance to get my hands on one of those. So I was really, really happy about that. Uh, yeah, Greg's like, yeah, 93. It was that hot. It was really, really, really hot. Uh, I would have looked into the Note 22 Ultra, but it, uh, but it's running Exynos here. Exynos, I've been seeing a lot more, more and more comments, more and more people just voicing their opinion. It's, it still seems to be a conversation. Uh, Exynos just does not perform well. And I don't want to compare it to the, to the Qualcomm because it's not a very a fair, you know, uh, comparison, um, to a certain point, because, you know, if you're in a market for a Qualcomm, it, there's no Exynos option for you to pick up. Um, and I will talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, Samsung did release a, uh, an Exynos, the A53 5G, that's coming up at the end of the month, which is another week or so, uh, that's going to be available here in the U.S. That one is running the Exynos 1200. So they are releasing an Exynos chip in the U.S., but when it comes down to their flagship devices, the Exynos is just not performing as good. So it, it is an issue. It is a little bit, you know, something that needs more optimization. I think their software department needs to work on getting that device running as smooth as they should. I realize that in their home turf and in the U.S., Samsung releases Qualcomm devices. So I don't know if that has any influence into why the Qualcomm processor or the Qualcomm version of the device runs better. But at the end of the day, it, they cannot ignore the fact that, that you know, the U.S. is not their whole market. There are so many more countries that use their products, and the S22 Ultra or the Note 22 Ultra is an international device. So they need to definitely fix that there. Dan is in there. Um, I'm really digging in. <laughs> I'm really digging uh, your, uh, your phone on the uh, and uh, on the Duo too, and that when I can launch, <laughs> launch multiple apps, dude. Um, a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Omar Omar Dizer. He's um, he's a creator. He's a content creator in Arabic um, in the Middle East. Um, and dude, the, throughout the whole MWC experience, he has he was using the Duo too. That was his daily driver. That was the phone he was managing from. And it truly is a multitasking management. Uh, you know, king running two devices. 
devices natively, not having to split screen them all the time, it makes it so much more functional. So for him, this was the tool. So absolutely, I think it, it's a great tool and it's really nice to be able to see it um, in the wild being used actually for what it's intended, not necessarily just being showcased. So this is definitely very, very nice. I'm glad you're liking it there. Uh, oh, I did not know that there was new animation. Well, hey, thank you very much for, uh, maybe we are reaching certain levels. Uh, we are itching, not itching, we are getting very, very close to the 300 mark, which I think is really nice. Um, the show itself is definitely finding its own place here on the Android-based show uh, channel. And I'm like, I'm liking the fact that we now have, um, in, you know, I, I'll say this much. I, I miss talking to you guys. I miss having the show when I, when I don't have it. So it was a weird... Um, uh, like a sensation like I, I was you know obviously with Omar we're working we're doing a whole bunch of stuff and it was really really busy but at the end of the day kind of like you know when I'm thinking about like man I missed doing the show so that's one one of the things if you guys had a chance to catch on Monday I jumped in on you know of course with Juan Carlos on his SGTQA show so it, it kind of gave me a little bit of a remedy <laughs> combining my show a little bit with him um, and getting a chance to kind of having uh, like a little bit of a roundup like he is I guess you know for the end of the week since his is on Mondays and mine's on Saturdays so for sure very very nice Sebastian Lobo is jumping in. Samsung Dex is good. I don't have any way of connecting my phone to a monitor without having my laptop as a pass-through at the device. So you do need a, yeah, it doesn't just work with any monitor by itself directly. You need to have an adapter. So uh, the best way I can probably recommend that if, if you're thinking about it, Sebastian, is uh, pick up something like, and I'm not gonna say, uh, let me see if I can show this correctly. Now this specifically is a uh, one that I got with a MateBook years ago. Uh, but like an MHL to USB-C uh, adapter, you don't need necessarily, um, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a supported function of the monitor. As long as you're able to convert your USB-C connection from the bottom of your Samsung device directly to an HDMI, or in this situation, it has VGA, I don't even, like I said, it's an older one. That should fix the problem for you. And all you have to do is literally just launch DeX um, on your computer. Now, you know, just... I, you know, I, I, I love the fact that I keep forgetting. So, Sebastian, you just gave me a great idea. So, uh, w what I mean by this is, okay, so here's my S22 Ultra, no 22 Ultra. If I just go ahead and plug it in, and I don't think it's going to work much, but let's go ahead and see if we can do this here. Okay, we're going to switch over to here, and I'm going to launch Dex directly from my phone. Is it going to work? Ah, come on. Use Samsung Genuine Experience. Come ah, Okay. Samsung doesn't want to start. I don't know why it's having this problem. Samsung Dex is, it's telling me that I need to use genuine Samsung Dex uh, hardware. So yeah, go for it, Samsung. Make sure you gotta, I'm sure there's ways of going around it. I think maybe I need to just provide a power. But the long story short, I think the best way to do it, um, uh, Sebastian, is just try to connect it to a smart TV. I think that may be your better solution. If you have a solid performance Wi-Fi connection, I definitely would think that that works best. Um, it works the way that you want it. It launches, uh, you know, the experience if you want to be able to connect it. Um, and the be the best part about that is you can connect a keyboard, like a Bluetooth and mouse, uh, you know, keyboard, and you're pretty much running almost like the whole Dex experience. And you are working on a much bigger form factor. So I think that's a much better system if you can. Um, Roger, Rajabot, everybody say hey, Rajabot. Uh, Rajabot uh, is <laughs> kicking it with us here from Twitch, uh, and of course hanging out with us. Uh, Matt Tyler got a, a, so yeah, so speaking of which, Matt, 
you know, the man, the myth himself, the Call of Duty legend here. here. Um, so he picked up a Find X5 Pro and he seems to like it. So we have, I mean, we may have a phone that Matt likes. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what he says. Uh, at least he said he liked it on his, on his stream. So, or no, it wasn't actually on his stream. I think it was during Dan's stream earlier this week. He jumped in and we were talking about the fact that he got the Find X5 Pro. So very, very nice. Yes, thank you for, for <laughs> giving us a heads up on that one. Um, Sam says, "Is I'll be um, uh, I okay? I'd get I'd be open for a Find N, so an Oppo Find N. I'm all about foldables, uh, dual screens, and lifestyle for now. So the Find N is that marriage between a fold and a duo in a way where it just makes perfect sense. It's the right form factor. Now it doesn't launch applications automatically in split screen, but you can split screen very easily by running a three finger down, and it automatically switch shifts to that. And the aspect ratio is conducive of having." two almost fully side-by-side -side applications similar to the way the Duo does it, but you don't have to have that line in the uh, in the middle of your, your display. What I meant is, you know, that separation between the two displays on the Duo isn't there on the find end. So if you are considering that, I think that's a great option to try to, you know, move into that direction, Sam, of course. Um, okay, uh, Golan jumping back says, Lou implies that there is a difference between the Chinese version uh, and the global one uh, OnePlus 10 Pro. Do you know anything about that? So by definition, we know that they're not the same device. First and foremost, the band support. That'll, that'll be the first thing that I will say. Um, you know that the version that you're going to get in the market that you're in will support, you know, the correct 5G bands. They'll, they'll support the correct, you know, if there's ultra wide, uh, ultra, um, ultra wide band, like Verizon or something like that. The device is released in the U.S. will support that, or in, of course, in the, in the area that you're in. Um, obviously, first and foremost, Oxygen OS is going to be loaded on this guy. I got a chance to see that at MWC. So the device itself is more optimized to run. Now, when we're talking about specifically hardware, I doubt that they would change things from the sense of the hardware on the phone because mostly it, it's not being rebranded. Uh, but I, I, again, I haven't had enough time to be able to spend on it to find any kind of things that I may be able to share yet. So hopefully, very my hope is by next week or something, I'll be able to put out a video just talking about some of the main differences as far as, far as me going in from a 9 Pro to the 10 Pro. Uh, and since we don't have a 10 this year, this is pretty much the only option or the only model that we're going to be able to see. So the 10 Pro is what uh, OnePlus is going into 2022 with. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, we'll be able to see what some of those new ones are coming out there. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out next week. Tune in next week for another episode of TK pushing things to next week because uh, uh, hashtag embargo. Yes, uh, I, I, am, I am very thankful, though, that OnePlus was able to work with me to allow me to be part of the early wave. Um, you know, as you know, with things changing and everything going on and so on, um, I always uh, make sure that the conversations are always open. But I also am always very happy and very grateful that companies are, uh, you know, taking a chance and working with me after, you know, the separation from what we had with XTA at the end of last year. There's There's been some companies, uh, I, I'm not going to lie, there, are, there is a company that has it pr practically ghosted me that will not respond to any of my emails. I don't know why. Um, that I've worked with them for like almost six years, three, uh, you know, from for quite some time on their devices. But at the end of the day, you know what it is? Um, life is about, you know, people and who you work with. And, you know, if somebody doesn't want to work with you, I guess um, you just have to move on and hopefully one day we'll figure things out. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I will say is this. OnePlus is a brand that I I was a big fan of theirs from the beginning, from the start when they first released their first, this, the Cyanogen phone, uh, the Cyanogen mod phone, or the first OnePlus One. 
um, to where we are right now with the OnePlus 9 Pro, the OnePlus 9, um, all of the different iterations, the different ones, specifically the Nord line coming into the US. I feel like this is a great way for them to vent, to uh, expand and start becoming a, a much more solid brand in the US. Um, this year, it's a little different, but the reality is they're here. They're coming back. We're seeing the global launch hopefully next week. Um, you know, not hopefully, it is next week. And, and I think that's the big thing that we want to keep in mind. It, it's something to actually appreciate what they're offering. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, definitely, definitely. Davin Davis, thank you very much for kicking it with us, man. I appreciate it. Earl Owens, man. Good morning. Sabaho. Hope you're doing well. Oh, man. Uh, he'll still get, get, get rid of it in less than a week. Matt, it's a serious problem. This is this is why I was actually excited, Sam. I mean, when I saw the fact that he got it and he said that he liked the phone, because typically, you you know, Matt, yeah, Matt is a very, um, he changes phones faster than I do, man. I like the guy. I'm, I'm really cool. But I've just, you know, like I said, first and foremost, I want to see what he thinks of it realistically. The Find X5 Pro is... It, it's an interesting device because it did some people were not happy with the fact that it lost the microscope lens you know that was uh that's i guess some people really like that it's a unique uh experience experience um but if you kind of keep in mind though realme kind of picked it up on their gt2 pro so it's not that it's gone just you know from a, from an opal standpoint of course oh man give him five <laughs> give him five days <laughs> you guys are too, you guys are messing with where is matt to defend himself man Oh my God, uh, push next week. <laughs> I am not TK push next week. I, I, no, I, I'll be, the, I'll be very honest. No, the, the reality is I literally, the, the day you guys saw the, the post, the picture, I posted a picture on Thursday, I think, um, I got the phone literally the night before and I wasn't able to even use that phone or even touch it because I was finishing up all my content on the edge, uh, on the, uh, edge plus 2022. So it was not really, that's what it is. I, I don't want to make a statement on something that I don't have enough time to, um, fully understand the message that's coming up and what the device can and can't do and all of that stuff. So this is why, again, why I, I'm not trying to be dodgy and <laughs> giving it to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Greg and it's like TK pushing it, you know, TK pushing it to next week, but yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, I reviewed the Find N in, um, in the Chinese uh, the Chinese version um, in my country yesterday, and I wanted to point out um, that part of the um, ongoing uh, oh typing keyboard, the device uh, is an uh, it is definitely an experience of the typing keyboard. Yes, um, I'm glad that you got a chance to check it out, uh, Golan. This is definitely very interesting as far as a device. Uh, it isn't currently coming to the international market. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that OnePlus will be the venture, or OnePlus, or even Realme will be the company taking that out of the Chinese market and bringing it internationally um, as a device is it's a like I said it's the right form factor for me it's not that big of a phone in the hand hold on I mean it's not like I can it takes me that far to find where it is in the hand it's actually a much more uh, packetable uh, device it actually fits the size right and when you open it it actually is the form factor that you want. It's not too big. It opens up to the right form factor. And the, the division between the two displays is almost very, very thin. But when you are actually opening two apps side by side, it mimics the Duo 2 so closely that it is really almost giving you a full standard aspect ratio for an app. So you can run Instagram and Twitter, Chrome, um, anything that you want side by side, and you're going to get that experience very comfortably. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like this so much. It's not that tall form factor that we got where when we went we're directly with the uh, Z Fold 3. It's a tall, tall, skinny version that when you open it, 
you have to always show it sideways to get that similar experience out of the Z Fold, uh, out of the uh, the Find N. So you can kind of see this phone has to go sideways to mirror, and this is where it becomes very functional. But to do so, you have that line going across your display, and in this one, you don't. It actually even has a much less of an uh, presentation. It's almost hard to show, but you know what I mean? It's just definitely a very nice device. I'm glad that you got a chance to check it out. Uh, the Find N for me, honestly, is still the, my favorite foldable this year. Uh, outside of the Z Flip, the Z Flip is a great phone. It does its job. It does a great phone. It fits people. It just wasn't the phone for me. It's uh, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need to accept the fact that we can't like everything and not everything is going to work for us. But I definitely think that that's going to be the one uh, Samsung sells the most on. Um, oh, Farhan is in the chat. Hey, uh, Farhan Ahmed. Uh, <laughs> What? Welcome to the chat, man. Greetings, everyone. First time here. <laughs> I'm quite late to the party. Nah, dude. Welcome. Welcome to the chat. Uh, and, and glad to have you on the chat. I saw you yesterday commenting. <laughs> Just for the record, uh, the reality is this. Uh, if you guys, obviously, I'm sure most of you guys, as you guys hang out with us. Well, um, so Thursday night, I mentioned that I was releasing the, phone, uh, the video comparison between Ready4 and uh, Samsung Dex. That was something I've been working on. I've had the phone for some time. I've had an opportunity to play with them for some time. And the timing could not have been any better where Juan gets the box, does the unboxing, does everything. Obviously, he got the same package I got. Uh, and uh, but I, I didn't get it through um, uh, what's it called the Snapdragon Insider program. I got it directly through Motorola, so mine has to go back. But hopefully we'll see. Obviously, way more conversation going on from from Juan. Um, so as soon as his his live stream was over, my video goes up, and it looks like we kind of timed it together. And I'm like, honestly, pure coincidence, absolute coincidence. But absolutely great that it actually you know people kind of going from both his cha his channel to mine. Um, as, as a friend, I'll be very frank, realistically, look, um, Juan was, was uh, I mean, I, I knew about Juan from when he worked at, at Pocket Now. Um, and I also, from watching his content, kind of knew where he lived because it, it was kind of a weird situation. I, we lived very close to each other at, at one point. Uh, and the area that he used to be, the bridge that he used to feature in all of his videos, that was like a five-minute walk from where I lived. So it was kind of like weird like that we never ran into each other. Um, but it has grown to be a very good uh, uh, friendship and, and definitely he's one of the best creators I've actually I can definitely vouch and also know personally outside you know online and offline. So it's very nice that you know we have um, somewhat of a shared community in, in a very big way that I that I like that very much. So what I'm trying to say is um, for all of us here obviously, very much thankful. I'm really happy to see that he's starting his new video uh, production stuff, not just on reviews.org. He's, he's kicking it up with Slick Deals. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out his video. Really, really excited to see him produce content there uh, with Trisha, which is really nice. So that's going to be really cool for both of them. Again, very, very cool creator as well as she is. So um, very happy, very good. And, and again, just always, always happy to have friends. And like you guys as well, kicking it with me every Saturday is, I, I realize it's not an easy thing, but it is nice to have uh, the opportunity and the time. So again, thank you very much for, for hanging out with us uh, every Saturday, uh, even with the Android Bay, because I like this. I'm actually getting used to it now, so, you know, the Android Bay. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So I think I'm, I'm super behind on the timing. Yeah, I'm about six minutes or so late. Uh, Hamid, Hamid, ahlan wa sahlan, ahlan wa sahlan, assalamu alaikum, ahlan wa sahlan, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Matt is picky, is a picky eater, <laughs> can't, can't find smartphone. It is, it, it's a tough choice. Um, Golan, absolutely. See, yeah, Golan prefers the find end over the uh, over the fold. And I, and I think the reality behind this is Samsung needs to change the fold. I think the fold design has been 
has proven itself to be a functional design. A lot of people like it. But at the end of the day, realistically, I don't know how many people still feel that they need to turn the phone to get that and then the UI experience. So what we saw at MWC, not MWC, when we saw at CES, or at least I didn't personally see it, but I've seen some content creators that had a chance to feature them, some of them, basically uh, Edabong from Board at Work. It seems like Samsung is working on different formats of foldable and rollable technology. So I'm hoping that they bring that into the fold. I feel like a Fold 4 that looks like the Fold 1, Fold 2, and Fold 3 shouldn't be done that the the planning the ergonomics and everything like that i think we've reached the limit of that form factor with what samsung does uh, because foldables are new and you're able to change things i really feel like this is the year where they maybe go to fold and roll kind of like what tcl was showing at mwc but i want to see something different i definitely want to be able to enjoy that there um so sony xperia so i am on the lookout right now on the xperia file so as you know, Sony Xperia has been pushing out um, Android 12 on a lot of their devices. Sadly, the Xperia Pro I is still one of the phones that did not get the update yet. So the 1 Mark III, the 5 Mark III, all of, uh, I think all of the standard models that we're going to get it should have been already receiving it. Um, but as far as the, uh, the Xperia uh, 1 Mark IV, which hopefully that'll be the name, they could skip 4. I, I don't know. And, and you guys can maybe correct me in the comments. I don't know if the Japanese culture has a very similar experience with the number four as the Chinese culture. As you know, Find X4 doesn't make sense. That's why it didn't show up. Uh, OnePlus 4 also never made it as a phone because the four, number four in Chinese, from what I understand, um, uh, from Dominic Wan, I think he mentioned it a few weeks ago, it has a very similar tone or a sound to the word death. So therefore, that the number four is typically not a number they use Um in, in device names or in names in, in general. So hopefully the, 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 the you know, Xperia 1 Mark IV will be coming out in or we'll hear about it soon. Uh, typically it won't be coming out till probably early June. It's what we usually see. So um, I'll say this much, no news yet, but if the Pro-I is any indication, I think the Xperia 1 Mark IV are definitely gonna be giving us a great experience. I know Juan and I are excited to see what they do with thermal management when it comes down to the 8 Gen 1, mostly with HS power control because of what we've seen. The Moto, there's a lot of great things to talk about. Realistically, this phone absolutely has a lot of great features on it. But the one thing that I really wished Motorola did was have a slightly better governor or a better management tool to allow us to thermal throttle or to throttle a little bit the experience on the 8 Gen 1 and not let it go so hot. I was able to hit 120 de uh, degrees. This is about almost 48 degrees Celsius on a phone playing uh, Undead Horde. Now, mind you, I was playing it at 100%, but the phone shouldn't get this hot. There should not be a situation where the phone gets to the point where it's almost 50 degrees Celsius. That's a hot temperature. Um, I know the 12, the Xiaomi 12 Pro um, in some, uh, some testing was able to reach even higher temperatures. And again, this is not a situation you should be experiencing. Um, for the Edge Plus, for the Edge, uh, uh, the Edge Plus 2022, I do recommend picking up a case. Definitely need a case if you're going to be playing it and using it for gaming for extended amount. And I'm talking about like half hour to two hours, which is typically what I do if I'm like just waiting. An example would be this: um, like last night, I was waiting for my son to finish his swimming. Those are typically, you know, and it takes about an hour or so to finish that. I usually I'm on my phone playing games. That's the perfect time, right? I'm by myself. There's nobody to bug. I can play the sound on the speakers. I can enjoy the content. I can play the games. And this is uh, something that you should just not have to worry about when it comes to these temperatures. Uh, the Find X5 Pro does a really good job of thermal managing the device. I think um, OnePlus is going to definitely be continuing that. We saw that with the 9 Pro with the uh, Android 12 update. So definitely things like that. I I'm really looking forward to seeing. But the 12, uh, sorry, the, uh, the you know, as a, as a device, Motorola needs to have better management of the temperatures.
they may be dissipating the heat and the phone is not throttling itself. But again, the 888 and the HN1, they, they need help. They need a little bit of help. Um, <laughs> Greg's like, I'll trade you to find, I'll trade you to my, uh, my Nexus 6, which I'm still, yeah. The Nexus 6 has been this device, uh, mythical device in my office that I cannot find. And it, it is uh, crazy that I can't find that phone. Um, Dan is jumping back. I'm definitely about the Xperia 1 Mark IV this year, uh, hoping for, uh, for some uh, sizable upgrades. I think it's it'll be interesting to see what they do. Will it be a much a bigger upgrade, meaning shifting into something like the one-inch sensor that we saw on the Pro-I, or will it be more doubling down and focusing on multifocal lengths, uh, you know, giving us what they gave us with the 1 Mark III with the four different, uh, you know, focal length. I think it was at, uh, 20, 16, 24, 70, and 105. Uh, but again, it, it changed. On the Xperia Pro I, it's where they gave us the really nice thing. They gave us 16, 24, and 50. You know, that magical 50 millimeter uh, lens equivalent, which a lot of creators like a lot more. And I want to see display. I want to see the external display functions supported on other devices than just the Pro I. I don't mind. I'll take that back. I like the fact that the feature is existing. I like the fact that the feature is on the Pro I. But the reality of the matter is that function or that accessory, I don't see a reason why this couldn't work on any of the other Pro, uh, well, the One Mark III or even the first generation Pro. We need to have more functional accessories. And I feel like Sony is the only one, like first party accessories from Sony are really good. And that display makes a life of a difference to use the main sensor on the back. So for sure, the Pro I is a big, big win. And again, I'm waiting for Android 12. I want to do, like as soon as that drops, Expects a whole expect a whole bunch of content from me on uh, on the on the Pro I, pushing it to the next level for sure. Uh, Gen One Plus. So, uh, oh hold on, uh, Sarvan's jumping in real quick. Sorry, one second, Hamid. Uh, Sarvan, hey uh, Sabaho TK, um, did you return or sell the S twenty two Ultra? S twenty two Ultra Exynos is weird this year. So no, uh, the S twenty two Ultra is still here. The Note is still here. Uh, th this is realistically. I was hoping for an S series and um, the last update that they pushed did make things a little bit better overall in the experience. I was having some issues with the software. Um, at the end of the day, realistically, I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I'm, I will be transitioning over to the OnePlus 10 Pro uh, and that's my main intention is that's typically what I you know use for the most part. So although the S22 Ultra or the Note 22 Ultra is the the main de facto uh, comparison point right now i have to keep those because typically those are the like the higher end models of things i typically like to keep those um and then we'll move on but it, uh, more than likely yeah at some point as soon as i get my as soon as i get comfortable with the oneplus 10 pro th that's pretty much going to be where where i am uh, i love seeing what we uh, what we have like the pixel 6 pro i still i still use that as a, as a my main business device because that's the phone i like to have it runs really really nice uh, the latest update with the feature drop, uh, I liked it, and it still works really good. The fingerprint sensor has been good since December with the December update that got recalled, although I did install it on mine before it got recalled. So uh, overall, I think at the end of the day, Samsung does good in a certain specific market and what they try to do. This whole bringing a note to the S series, it's making the S series users, they're forcing them to use a note, and I think not a lot of people are going to do that. For me, I learned my lesson and from, uh, more than likely we'll be sticking to the S series from now on. So here's to hope that the, well, the S23 Ultra is an actual S series phone or, or maybe Samsung's going to try to just release the S series later and call it the Note. I don't know. It, it, Samsung sometimes gets me a little bit uh, confused, at least this year. Hamid Hamid, the HN1 Plus from TSMC. Yeah, man. Um, I don't, the reality is this, typically the Plus 
SOC is an overclocked or an improved version of an existing SOC. So it's still going to be five, you know, four nanometers. I don't foresee the plus being a better thermal managed device uh, SOC. The reality is uh, uh, um, Qualcomm's approach to the HN1 and the 888 is very specific. Look, we're giving you this architecture. We're basing it on the Cortex Arm X2. This is this is you know what we're getting there. And they specifically told me when I was at the uh, uh, at their event back at the end of the year last year, they were very clear with we're giving the parameters to every single OEM on how to manage the Gen one and how to provide the best experience. So far, okay, Oppo has been doing great. I like their approach into it. It's a little bit throttled. I, I agree. It's not running full potential and you definitely need to be able to turn it on. Um, Samsung is actually surprisingly not doing too bad with the Qualcomm on the Gen one It's actually uh, thermally, it's been decent on it for me. Um, although for me, at the end of the day, I, I don't typically play that many games on the S21, uh, the S22 Ultra. I do typically play the games on other devices as those are the ones I typically live in a little bit longer. So the, the long story, what I'm trying to say is some companies are, are giving us full potential. Again, Xiaomi, the 12 Pro is definitely full bore. You get everything in that and at full power. And you may want that. Motorola does the exact same situation. They're giving you the full potential of the HN1. And I think those are the things that you want to kind of keep in mind. Uh, the, uh, the Sorry, the Realme GT2 Pro did very much a similar experience. Although, I'll say this, the GT2 Pro did not break 41 degrees Celsius for me on any of my games. So which was surprising me, surprisingly the, the experience. I It stayed thermally managed the gaming was uh, running a very good experience so i don't know if this has something to do with the, the oppo software since technically oppo realme and oneplus are utilizing color os as a back uh, as the backbone of their systems so we'll have to see but at the end of the day this is so far my experience with the hn1 it depends on what company you're getting it from and how their approach is to to managing this soc um, but i also think we need to have third-party accessories to start helping us with cooling especially for companies like you know say motorola to help cool some of this so that we're not hitting situation where we're starting to melt certain things on our devices so uh marilyn sabajo hope you're doing well thank you glad to see you uh, jumped in uh steve DeRoche, good morning good morning <laughs> tk the slacker uh, uh yeah it's the stalker man i'm gonna keep it clean here uh juan is on a sick deal yes he has he has a uh, sick deals uh with slick deals uh oh no sorry you meant slick deals my mistake it is sick it's a sick deal for him um at grounded tech same here okay so i think you get there yeah, i'm honestly uh not sure how to feel about rollables Rollables are going to be interesting. Oppo had one. Uh, I want to say LG showed up one. Well, not showed up, but showed it on camera. Not Nobody ever saw that. Uh, and TCL was supposed to have one as well, like last year or so. The reality of the matter is, at the end of the day, it's a format that has some merit, but I feel like rigidity is going to need to be a big factor there. And I feel like that's what was some of the concerns in the past. But a fold or in roll, a phone that does both, may give us enough of a flexibility where you don't necessarily need to roll it as much, but maybe unfold it to use it. So something to that effect. Um, Sarvan, um, nothing event didn't interest me. Hope it, um, uh, hope it is good uh, when it launches. Um, all I want to see, uh, all it wants is basically custom ROMs, uh, be, <laughs> be from uh, from nothing like the old Nexus generation. The, let's let's talk a little bit more uh, about the nothing launch as well. Yeah, um, 
the launch itself was really more of an announcement. It wasn't a launch. They didn't really launch anything. They made, well, I'll take that back. They did technically launch the, there's a launcher and there's a phone announcement that they made. The launcher is going to be coming out next next month. So April is what they said to a specific number of devices. Although I'm pretty sure that the moment it's released is going to be ported to everything because it's a launcher. Again, there's no real compatibility other than presetting, presetting that function in, in the Google Play Store and say that it should not be installed. But it doesn't mean that it can't be ported. Long story short, the phone that they announce is the Nothing One, the, the phone, the Nothing One phone. The approach to what they're using here is they're gunning for Apple. They're gunning for the biggest company in the market. And I'm not trying to give validity to Apple's stance or where they are. I'm just explaining their their philosophy and what they said. Um, there is a link to the uh, to the live stream to the live stream for the announcement uh, below here below the, in the description. The I feel like the call of the entire announcement was a call to fund, to help get the money to to progress, to move forward and be able to launch the phone. I can tell you from the development side and working with other companies over the years, knowing how long it takes to make a piece of hardware exist, the Nothing Phone 1 is already exist. It already exists as a phone. If it's in a mock-up, if it's in a demo, if it's in an early prototype version, it exists because that's how they were able to sell and get more companies to support them to get to where they are. But they need a little bit more funding to get them through to the end to be able to provide this and make this device a reality. Um, the promises that we got was an industry-changing and industry-revolutionizing device, typical to what we typically, everybody wants to hear that. You know, they're saying that the current market is not very... Um, it's not very exciting anymore. We're stuck in this whole, you know, rectangle format, phones and so on. Um, but then again, you know, the launcher that they have is also fitting on devices that are rectangular. So it's a little bit kind of back and forth. What we see is Carl Pay at his best. Carl Pay building up excitement, building up enough um, enthusiasm around the product and getting people to talk about it. And I think that's what happens. That's what we're doing. I'm talking about it right now. So what he did is a success. Absolutely. I don't disagree with what he's doing. I understand what he's doing because he's done it before with OnePlus. Again, when you when you see the same trick twice, it's kind of like Goku, right? If you guys ever watch Dragon Ball and you, and you see how Goku performs and how he does well, Goku's biggest thing is this. If you attack me with a, if you come at me with a new technique, a new method and a new something, and I fall down and I get back up from it, I have learned that method. And the next time I see it, it doesn't work. And what I mean by this, not to say that I don't fall and I'm not following what Carl is doing. I understand what he's doing. I understand the direction he's taking me, uh, taking us with him on this point. That's what I'm trying to say. We've seen it before. It is what it is. Uh, my hope, and, and I really, really hope so. That we don't build up the anticipation for the ready uh, for the nothing phone one so high that when it does deliver it ends up being an underperformer and then all we end up hearing is a lot of people just basically you know say well it didn't do this and it didn't do that and it's missing this and it's not going to go judge it for what it is judge it for what it's promising and judge it for what it can do and what it has on day one that's what we should start looking at it and i think we need to understand the promises that are being made is an industry revolutionizing uh, approach working with other companies, but they're also sidelining all of the other OEMs in the in the Android industry. We know it's going to run Android, but we also know the fact that they think they don't think they're going to compete with Samsung. They're not going to compete with OnePlus and Oppo's and Xiaomi's and all of that. Companies that have been around and not only exist, but have a, a very big slice of the pie when it comes to smartphone technology. So this is why I was very um, skeptic 
I, I was very much a skeptic when it came down to the expectations. I'm setting my expectations below and basically expecting a device that is trying to be uh, a new device that's trying to break into the market, kind of like what we saw with OnePlus. And I hope that we see some enthusiasm around it because you know pricing is going to be a big factor, availability is going to be a big factor, functionality, and and of course uh, adaptation to the existing ecosystem is going to be an even bigger factor. So we'll see. I, I, I do apologize. I know I kind of like went on and we're running a little there. Um, a pixel face in the, uh, makes it, uh, I'm not sure Hamid, uh, which, uh, pixel face were you referring to there? Chemi's in the chat. Hey man, good. Hope you're doing well. Um, uh, okay. Here, uh, Finch jumping back. TK, have you ever tried any, um, all your phobic, uh, coding kits? No, no, actually that's interesting. I've had devices that have had oilophobic, uh, um, uh, basically, a um, a layer of oilophobic, uh, treatment done on them, but I've never had them actually as kits. Um, I want to reply. Uh, I want to reapply the coating on my phone, uh, but it. Uh, but all all I find are liquid glass screen uh, protectors, uh, not the same from what I'm looking for. So I, yeah, it, it's a tough. I I've, I know of companies that do them professionally, but they do charge a, a, a premium price. Uh, it is a little bit hard to try to reapply, especially if you feel like you uh, you know the device doesn't have it anymore. Uh, it is typically a liquid the way it's applied, but it has to have the correct curing afterwards for it to stick. So it's not just, uh, you know, you don't just paint it and it, it sticks there. So unfortunately, not enough experience with them uh, afterwards for me. I typically keep my phones, my devices in cases, uh, which is weirdly one thing I need to get for the for the Edge Plus. I don't have one there. Um, let us know if you get the 5G, if you get 5G on T-Mobile using the, the OnePlus 10 Pro. I wouldn't be surprised if we'd be able to get, to, uh, I mean, 5G support in the U.S. It's a, it, it's coming to the U.S., so if you think about it in that sense, it has to support 5G in the U.S. I don't know if it's going to support, so this is where the difference is. I need to see how that works on ultra capacity, the new T-Mobile ultra capacity uh, um, zone, not zone, bandwidth. Um, so as you know, T-Mobile and Sprint merged, and basically T-Mobile is the name of the company now. So T-Mobile's 5G has two categories or three categories now. It used to have low band, which is very similar to 3, 4G LTE, and that's what 5G used to be on T-Mobile. After they started activating the, uh, the Sprint towers or the Sprint technology when it comes to 5G, 5G on Sprint was mid-band, ultra-capacity is what they're talking about. This is closer to the 400 to 700 megahertz, uh, you know, uh, megabits down, where right now we're like around the 100 to 250 type of experience. And then, of course, they do have technically ultra-wideband, but they're very small areas, not very big in the U.S., and for that, it's even a smaller, uh, per, uh, you know, representation. So in the U.S., if 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 they typically, well, if they follow what they've done pre in previous years, the unlocked model is typically going to support 5G across all sub six 5G technologies across the carriers. And I think it's the ultra wide band one that typically will take a little bit longer with Verizon. And that typically is what part of it is basically getting a Verizon certification. If it gets released on Verizon, that's the only thing that holds it back. It's the certification. And that's because uh, typically Verizon has a little bit different requirements of what their devices need to do to be able to support the ultra wideband. That one may also have a special modem built in there. Um, here, um, uh, Finn says, um, also, I've tried the Note 22 Ultra uh, in the store uh, this week. It's quite chunky in the device, almost two times my OnePlus 7 Pro uh, in uh, in terms of thickness. Yes, absolutely. It's for the 7 Pro is still a very nice device, although it's a it's a larger device. It's technically smaller than the 9 Pro from a couple of years, from last year. The, the overall experience, I feel like you really need to have a need for this. You really need to have a need for this to make this device make sense. Because at the end of the day, 
the reason why I don't go to notes, my, my, my wife loves to use the note. I typically have a very good, I like the form factor of the S series because it's more rounded. It's typically slightly thinner. It's just, that's what it is. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they put in a 5,000 milliampere battery again into a note. Um, but it's one of those things I feel like, you know, it, you have to really like that function. And otherwise, you're kind of out of luck for this year because there is really no S series. There's no S series Ultra in 2022. The Note is not an S series. It's a rebranded name. It's a it's a it's a way for them to to try to combine their Note fans and their S fans together. And I think what they ended up doing is alienating their S fans because the S fan doesn't want a Note. The S fan doesn't want a, a more sharper edges. They don't want the S pen in there. They want the faster charging. They want the bigger battery. They typically that's what you used to get, right? You lost the S pen, you got a bigger battery, you got faster charging, a whole bunch of things that I feel like we we just it's a very different approach. We'll have to see. But again, if you like the Note, like again, jumping in. So Marilyn says, I'm very happy with my Note 22 Ultra. And that's because, again, if you're a Note fan, this is the device for you. And it works the way it's supposed to be. What we had last year was a lack of a Note update, right? There is no Note 21 Ultra in 2021. We have one now, and that's the S22 Ultra, or the Note 22 Ultra. So it works perfectly, and, and this could be a new trend from Samsung going into the um, alternating experience by just giving us a Note every other year and an S every year for the Ultra series every other year. Uh, I think that'll be a good approach. I think I like it very nice. Um, maybe five nanometer or four nanometer is not good enough uh, for cooling yet. Six nanometer, seven nanometer seems to be uh, more stable. Absolutely, uh, the, the the structure of the devices need to have. So the, the problem with the cooling is this: it's not just a cooling te technology that gets added to phones because we see devices that get released, and you know the biggest thing that I think companies focus on when they're talking about managing the temperature on a processor, they think of it on the hardware side alone. And I'm with you. I realize the temperature is a is a is a um, the reason why we have the temperature is because of the configuration of the system, but it's also because it's a physical thing, right? So they focus on that. They put in a you know like a cooling or vapor chambers or graphene and all of the different things in there. But when you start looking at it at the end of the day, the 8 Gen 1 and the 888 both need software management as well as hardware management. Games need to start working and understanding and optimizing for the processor. I feel like Genshin Impact, Undead Horde, didn't really optimize for the 888 and the 8 Gen 1. They're treating them the way they were treating devices on the 865 in prior years, where they were able to get better thermal uh, uh, temperatures because the device wasn't running as hot. So when we jump into these devices this year, so if we can keep in mind, it's been a year, over a year at least, of seeing devices run the 888, and we knew what happened there. The next year comes around and we're looking at the 8 Gen 1, same story, different year. But companies are not focusing on, the, on on providing software and better optimizations to let their games run better at a higher frame rate without pushing the system to its limit. So there, it's a, it's a dual conversation, this dual point conversation. Software and hardware need to work together. Uh, materials on smartphones need to change a little bit to kind of get better at dissipating the heat. Maybe we do need accessories included in the box to allow us to allow us to uh, maybe allow the hands not to be touching the device. The the Motorola Edge 2022, uh, after when it did get to 120 uh, degrees, I had to put it down on the table, and that was the reason that it, it reminded me to uh, basically go check out and pick up my uh, my temperature gun just to see how hot it got. It's one of those weird situations. You got to do that, so for sure. Uh, 
الغريب هلا اوكي ويلكم السلام عليكم اهلا وسهلا ام جيتنج ا لوت اوف كول اوكي سو اي فيرست اند فورموست فيري هابي فور ايفريبادي كيكينج ات وذ اس بت ام اولسو فيري هابي تو سي سم اوف ماي اربيك فولوورز كيكينج ات ان اور كومينج ان اند جامبينج ان هير سو اهلا وسهلا لاي حدا بيحكي باللغه العربيه وشكرا جزيلا على انه جيتوا معنا بتتحدثوا معنا اليوم سو ثانك يو فيري ماتش فور ايفريبادي ذس وات اي جست سيد ذات سبيكس ايربيك اند ثانك يو فور جوينينج اس ان ذا كونفرسيشن توداي Uh, it was a statement about nothing. <laughs> it was a statement about nothing. Uh, David Burns, man, hope you're doing well. I love it. It is. It was absolutely. It was a statement about nothing, um, and that's what we had. We had a nothing statement about nothing. And uh, CarPlay is a. Ah uh, man, oops, sorry, sorry for hitting the microphone. CarPlay is the master of hype. Seriously, man. I met him in person in U- in the UK during my event, during my coverage that one year. And yeah, man. Seriously, absolutely, I'm a big fan of his. I'm uh, an absolute. Uh, I'm always in awe in what he's able to do. But like I said, it's harder to kind of run the same, same shtick twice on the same group. You kind of have to also understand. So don't get me wrong. I love where we. I love where One Plus is right now, and I love the fact that he was part of that story. I want to see him succeed again. But again, I, I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure that we just don't overset our expectations, so that literally it end up being, you know, well, we they didn't and they didn't, and then insert line there. So we'll have to see how that goes there. Everyone, good afternoon, uh, Javier Hidalgo. Hope hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Uh, so Marilyn actually has a good point here. They should have left the note uh, with its name and uh, given, uh, yeah, and and gave it always uh, been better note users. I think that would have been much better to try to kick it up with 2022. Don't get me wrong. They want to release the Note 22 Ultra, release it, but just don't call it an S and try to make it sound like you're upgrading to the next S version. Like the S incorporated the S Pen because that's how the S is evolving. The reality is the S shouldn't have it, and the Note should have it. They spent years training us and working and, and getting us to used to the two ecosystems, um, and, and I think that's that would have made perfect sense. Release the Note 22 Ultra this year and release the S23 Ultra next year. People know what to get if they're upgrading, and they're going to typically upgrade every two to three years, uh, if maybe even longer. They know what to upgrade to. They know when their cycle is going to come up to be able to upgrade to, so that they don't you know have an issue. But now every S user up to the S20, uh, all the way up to the S21 Ultra, when they're upgrading and they say they want to get the best S, uh, S series phone in 2022, they're going to be like, well, wait a minute, I got to buy last year's phone now? Because this year there is no S22. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, uh, yeah, so flat displays are very interesting. So Gerd is actually saying is I wish the Note 20 Ultra had a flat display. The Note uh, 20 had the flat display, and they, they, that's how they did it. They gave the 20 the flat display. The Ultra they gave it the the curved display. I, it's tough. It's tough. I, I I can definitely appreciate. I'll say this: gesture support and functionality on a phone when you have a non-curved display is much simpler. Uh, this is one of the one of the reasons why I really like this uh, this option. I'm also kind of uh, interested to, to see what happened to the uh, OnePlus 10. The OnePlus 10 what used to be the flat display, although the last couple of generations of the standard OnePlus device did not have that. Uh, but there is a big appeal. Some people don't like curved displays, and rightfully so. You need to pick to the phone, uh, stick to a phone that makes sense to you, and don't pick the phone just because it's being given that that's what it is. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I wish they did give us a couple of other options in there as well. Uh, did I actually make it all the way to the thing? I think I'm. Oh, okay, great. So I think the 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 com- I meant I should be. I'm not too far on the comments. It's either that or uh, Streamyard decided to take a break on uh, on loading comments. Um, 
Tech Tablets, uh, or Tech Tablets uh, was quite this, uh, displeased with the Exynos S22 uh, Ultra. It's it's a tough device. It's a tough. I, I really think it needs to have better optimization done from Samsung. It really, at the end of the day, when you're putting the device uh, comparison head to head to any other generation or any other phone that's been released before, I feel like this is one of the biggest concerns. Optimization needs to be performed, and I know the phone isn't technically that. You know, it's not that old. You know, we've had it for about a month now. Retail edition, not reviewers. Mine is a retail unit. Uh, we should have been receiving updates. And honestly, uh, Samsung, for some reason, when I got my unit, had a February 1st security patch update. And I didn't get, no, I take that back, January 1st security patch update. And then I didn't get a February 1st. I ended up getting the March security update in the middle of March. So the update cycle is a little bit off. And again, my unit is a T-Mobile variant, so it takes probably even longer to get the updates. But we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Um <laughs> Finn, I, I'm with you, and I, I I know what you feel like. I, I kind of almost did that this morning to myself. Um, I think uh, I think alternating between the S and the Note series each year would have been a better idea. I think it's a great idea, mostly because of the reality of how people just buy. I think Samsung's pushing every year. It's like pushing a Lamborghini every year. Nobody's going to buy the Lamborghini every year. First, it's too expensive. Second, it's more than likely going to be iterative if you go year by year. You're not going to see that big of a jump. If you do every two years, you have a better opportunity of surprising people. And that could actually get them back into the fold, uh, no pun intended of getting things in there uh, in the right order for people to upgrade at the right cycle. I feel like just don't change the names for the sake of the name. Make it just tell people what they're getting. You're going to get a Note 22 Ultra this year. Next year, you'll get the S23 Ultra. That's what you need to do. I'm with you. Um, Michael Corgan saying, uh, these companies continue to uh, to use curved displays on their uh, on their premium products. Samsung, Google, OnePlus, uh, they must sell uh, they must they must sell well because of comp uh, in uh, in component sections on social media. People are always uh, complaining in the comments. Sorry, the the difference between the two is I'll be very frank. A curved display looks more appealing on uh, on a display on a table. If you go into a carrier store and you're looking at the devices, we all grew up. I think we've we've all used flat displays for the longest time. So anytime you get a curved display, it was used as the higher end model uh, differentiating feature. You saw the phone, you knew exactly that this was there. Um, the biggest thing that I always look at at a, at a device like the uh, the IQ, the I'm borrowing the IQ from Juan. This is still, it's running a curved display and you can see that like you know, on the phone, on the side, you could see the curvature going in and you can tell. And I think they're trying to feed into the conversation saying curved displays are a premium. You don't get those at the lower end and therefore you should automatically be able to recognize a, curve, uh, a premium device by looking at the display. Uh, but at the end of the day, the reality is, I think uh, there are some concerns, you know, ghost touching on the side. I think the, the devices need to be optimized. Software needs to be done correctly. Um, and Samsung actually using good lock has a very good, like there's an, a, a module in there called the one-handed operations plus that gives you the ability of actually customizing those, uh, those sidebars to do way more things. But they also have another module in good lock that disables the, uh, the, the, uh, I think the ghost touching on the side so that you don't accidentally activate something on the display. It, it's a challenge, but again, at the end of the day, I think that there's a lot of fans of flat displays still, a lot of people still, uh, still love those in there. Uh, and again, like I said, you know, Maryland coming in, come in. Um, I prefer the slight curve, which is what we're seeing. It, the, the curve is not as pronounced as it used to be. The last phone that I ever saw that had a very interesting, like an almost 89 degree curve, uh, it's almost like a drop, <laughs> um, uh, was a Huawei. A Huawei. I want to say that was the Mate 30 Pro. 
Um, and that was just the feature of the phone. That's how they wanted to, you know, differentiate themselves. It was a curve that just dropped um, and it would just gave you that appeal. But again, they were using the curve as the volume uh, rocker. If you remember, that was the phone that they decided to remove the volume rocker and make it into a software feature. So you have to kind of double tap on the side and then you just slide up and down that became the function up there. Uh, so it's a it's a different thing that you want to kind of keep in mind. It's uh, depending on what you're trying to shoot for. There has to be a, obviously a, a market for it. Flat panels all day, all all the way. Uh, uh, Farhan, definitely, I'm I'm with you. Um, or uh, okay, hold on. So Jimmy Fire Dragon says, did you use the 10 Pro uh, or is is it on pre-order uh, for one? Okay, um, so there is a pre there is an interest. Uh, what is it called? It's not a pre-order. It's putting a dollar saying that you're interested to pre-order the OnePlus 10 Pro. And what that is doing essentially is just letting OnePlus know how many people are interested in the 10 Pro when it comes out. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the launch event is going to give us more of the details of where things are going to be and how much and all the good stuff. That's the other thing I want to I want to really kind of look into. What is going? What is it going to be as far as when it comes down to their strategy? Where is it going to be available? How many carriers are going to have it? What type of devices we're going to be looking at? You know, all the different things that we typically get from OnePlus every year. So at the end of the day, um, there is those two options. If you are interested in that, just go to OnePlus.com. It's going to be probably the first thing you see. You can put in your uh, you can you can put in a to show interest in it um, and i'm sure they're going to have a pre-order come up like I, I would imagine probably the same day um, or maybe a day after or so as they typically have uh, but they're i more than likely i'll be very frank as much as all the things that people have covered on the oneplus 10 and the oneplus 10 pro i think the initial release the initial batch that's going to be coming up if you're if, if you're at all interested it's going to sell out. There's no question. I don't think they're releasing the same number of devices that they've done. Uh, companies are becoming more conservative in the number of devices that they're able to release at launch. They don't want devices to sit on shelves. So if you're interested, make sure you put that in there so you can kind of lock in yourself, uh, at least in the initial phase. If you're willing to wait, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to get on there. Um, Finn is on, bo on, both, on both sides. Uh, that's actually a decent experience. I personally, I'll be very frank. I'm a little bit indifferent between the two. Do I prefer one over the other? Not in a specific situation. It's not like one has more function than the other. The reality at the end of the day, it's a preference. I will say I find it much easier, obviously, to get uh, you know uh, accessories for devices that are flat than it is for curved displays, because the curved display requires a specifically like glass protectors or even screen protectors. They need to be specifically made for those. Um, my my biggest thing though is also the fact that you know where do they place their fingerprint sensor? So from a display side, uh, if the fingerprint sensor is under it and you're getting a glass protector for it, a curved display, sometimes you're going to find the, those that are basically an adhesive all, all around the edges and not necessarily on the display, and they put in maybe a little a bit of an adhesive over the fingerprint sensor it's the implementation is never i feel like the best flat displays always get the best experiences so for i'm, I'm with you um michael jumping back okay so uh the curves don't really bother me uh, uh these days i think it's the software is catching up and i don't get uh, the accidental touches which i think yeah definitely um it's not a uh, it's not a deal breaker uh for me either uh but uh yeah but not a, a big selling point either i think yeah i think we need to kind of move on from making it sound like it's the premium it still only exists typically in premium devices but it is something to keep in mind it's like you know is it something that you're looking for uh, i think from the fact and I'll take if I'm not mistaken. I think the reason why it's on, on premium devices is because the yield, the the yield rate. I don't think they yield very high units. Meaning, they in the production of a display that is curved, they will have more more failures and more throwaways than they do typically with a flat panel. So that's also something that I think that kind of keeps them in there uh, as well. 
Um, El Josa, hey man, good morning, good morning, hello, El Sabaho, everybody, welcome back. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, Greg is jumping back here. Uh, I must say, I really don't, uh, I don't mind the curved display on the Pixel Six Pro. I thought it would, uh, I would, I thought I would dislike it, uh, but not that bad. It, it definitely, like I said, it, we've had them long enough that it's it's something that we can transition into. The Pixel 6 Pro has it very nice. And again, a good case and a good software support to make sure that you don't have any accidental touches will fix most of our, I don't think it's a big as big of a concern for us a lot. Um, I never experienced ghost touches. So uh, on the, so here, the, the reason why I was kind of surprised because the 7 Pro was the one phone that was plagued with a lot of people having ghost touching on the OnePlus 7 Pro. Well, but I would probably ask on this one question, uh, Finn, on your OnePlus 7 Pro, are you using a case? And the uh, second question that I have on that one, is it a thin profile or a thicker case? Typically, people that have the thicker case, the just by definition of having it, like an example would be something like this. Our hands, by definition, are raised away from the curved edge. So you typically don't get that ghost touching as much. Low profile or maybe skins, if somebody likes to install, get skins installed, those typically provide more of a close connection to the display, and that's what usually triggers it a little bit more. Most of the reviewers that I've ever seen show us the ghost touching are showing it to us on a, on a phone that's not in a case or uh, using a very thin case. So I, I'd be interested in uh, what, you, what you have on your device or what you had on yours. Um, TNC saying, uh, yes, the Mate 30 had, had the massive curve when I used it at launch uh, at the launch event in Germany. It was an amazing phone. We must have been at the same place then because I, I was at the launch event for the Mate 30 Pro in Germany. That was the last um, event that I covered for Huawei before our trip over to the main office in Shenzhen. Um, but the biggest thing, hey, well, I just realized the camera is actually sitting slightly off right there. Okay. Um, so we must have been at the same event. Uh, I, I I don't know if we ran into each other during that time or not. Uh, sorry for that weird messes. Uh, that was <laughs> that's where you get when you try to use voice typing. Dude, I've had the story. Voice typing, not if I mean it's a good feature, but like seriously, if you're not using it on a Pixel, you're gonna get some weird messages every once in a while. I still get it when I'm like um, the description for the video that I typically do for every uh, for the Saturday morning show and so on. Um, I use voice to type uh, uh, functions on my smartphones. And the weirdest thing, every time I say the Android Bay, it keeps thinking I'm saying the Android Pay. It hasn't corrected it. Now I corrected it on my Pixel. Pixel has the ability of learning words. That works. But any other device that I use, voice to text, it's, a, it's an interesting approach. And if you're using a non-Gboard uh, non function, I also find that the, it's a little bit of hit and miss, but depending on the phone that you're using. Uh, I kind of like buying uh, a ticket for, I kind of like buying tickets. Uh, yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, Finn, that happens to me all the time. I've had a glass screen protector on my uh, on my Galaxy S20 uh, screen, uh, from my S20 and it would not stick uh, on the phone and it, uh, oh, okay. So it depends on the, you have to make sure you get something that has full adhesive. This is the biggest problem. If it has an external display, uh, like an outline adhesive, those typically, I mean, again, you're 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 only as good as how clean the display is. The casing, that's the other thing which a lot of people forget. Glass protectors, when you install them, they are intended to stay in one spot. Now they are you know technically glued or a certain adhesive is keeping them there. But when you put a case on that's bumping against it, it's actually gonna start peeling uh, part of the glass, which will compromise the integrity of it. And depending on if you had the case on before it cured all the way, that could also cause some of those issues as well. 
Russ, hey, Russ is in the chat. Everybody, hi, say good morning to Russ or Sabaho. Uh, TK, how is the speakers on the S22 Ultra? Let me double check here. Uh, on the S22 Ultra, uh, some say uh, that it's not as good as last year's compared to other flagship devices. Um, loud, clear. I, I mean, I'll say this: my biggest, my biggest change that I've had to adapt from last year to this year. The vibration motor is not as good. I felt like the S21 Ultra had a stronger vibration motor, and I've missed more notifications from the phone in my pocket on the new S22 Ultra, the Note 22 Ultra, from the vibration motor. Speaker-wise, though, seriously, gets loud enough. Um, I'll say this. If you're doing a head-to-head -head comparison, it may not hit the same level, but they're in the point where they're so loud that it just it's up there. They sound The sound is very good. Uh, the speakers actually have a decent amount of... Um, like a good amount of bass into them. It's not like bassy. It's not like going to bounce the table, but I wouldn't call them bad. I wouldn't call the speakers on the S22 Ultra uh, bad speakers. It's a again S21 Ultra, no 20, uh, no 20 Ultra experience, just elevated to the, to, to this year. Uh, I've played them actually pretty loud. Most uh, like when I'm sitting and playing games, that's typically how loud they are. Or if I'm watching content in the car, that's usually how 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 I have them play. So I haven't had really issues where people are saying like it's bad as far as the speaker. It's going to be an experience. You're going to have to experience it and try it out, of course. Um, Dominic, good morning. Good afternoon. Well, say good afternoon, Dominic. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we talked about, uh, <laughs> we, we mentioned you earlier in the show. Uh, Sabaho, hope everybody's doing good. Thank you, man. Appreciate you kicking it with us here. Uh, oh, man. Russ kicking it back here. Okay, Dominic, Russ speaker on the S21 Plus is not as great either. It's a de It depends really on the experience. It, the it, it, and I don't want to get like, hold on. Let me let me let me show you guys an example would be with this. So I'm going to play the video from yesterday's introduction. Let's go back here. I'm going to go into mine just to kind of show you guys the, the audio performance. Um, what channel am I? Oh, no, I just realized. No, I am, no, I am on the right one. What am I talking about here? Da, da, da. This is community. I'm going to jump into video. Oh, I forgot to throw the uh, the link in, the, the link to the stream in the uh, in the community tab. OK. Uh, I will do that later because <laughs> I don't. Anyway, so here, this is the video from yesterday. Yep, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put commercials and then get that conversation going on. Okay, da, 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 da. one second. I'm just going to show you guys what, how here. So, so here we go. Today, we're going to talk about desktop experiences, specifically Dex running on the S22 Ultra or the Note 22 Ultra, and Ready for running on the Motorola Edge Plus 2022. Both of them are running Android 12. It's loud. It to me, it's loud enough, clear enough, and it's and I can hear the background music. I can hear the uh, the entire audio, and it's not distorting my sound at the high level. Again, this was a hundred percent. Now I understand my voice is not going to be the the best performance experience, but if there's a reference point, it's it's not the best on the market, but it's also pretty good. That's the best way to say it. Um, here, uh, Finn. So, okay, when I uh, when I hold my uh, my seven Pro, so the OnePlus Seven Pro, uh, with the charging port on the left side, uh, uh, on the left uh, landscape, it sounds worse than uh, th than when the charging port is on the right. Really, that's interesting. Okay, so because if you think about it, the the charging port has the side firing speaker, right? So when you have it facing the other way, it should sound less, depending on how, if you're holding the phone, like an example would be here. Like I say, if you're holding the phone with the charging port on this end, you're typically getting the sound bouncing off your hand coming to you. But if you hold it to the other side, it's filling up the room. Now I understand depending on how you're holding it, this may be a better position, 
but typically the earpiece on the top is the one that's facing us and the other one is the one that's providing 90% of the mids and lows um, on the on the speaker so your best performance is always going to be on the bottom firing speaker unless you're on a Sony which then both of them are front facing uh, I, I'm interested to see, okay it's interesting uh, I haven't used the 7 Pro for quite some time so I can't really comment on it I know that typically I like to make sure that the bottom firing speaker always, whenever I'm holding the phones, I always hold them in this form and I have it bounce off my hand to give me that loudness um, directly. Or if I'm putting it on a table, face it down so that it bounces off. It's it's all about acoustics and, and creating surfaces that allow, that are conducive to bouncing audio and give you better experience. So for sure. Dominic, uh, the only thing I noted about the Samsung uh, is their uh, updates um, on the unlocked phones are super fast. So they are. They're much fa much faster and more consistent, although they're pretty pretty close to being neck and neck with um, you know carrier updates. Samsung has had some deals where carriers are not too far behind from the unlocked, although you we will more than likely get the unlocked faster when it's rolling out because it's not running on the same uh, rolling, uh, what's it called, deployment uh, plan that they have uh, on other devices. Um, Oh crap! Yes, we are getting close. We are getting close. Yes, so it is around the 115, 115, 120 minutes uh, of the show. As you know, we've done this. It's been it, we've been doing it for years. If you're new, you haven't checked it out before. Obviously, this is something new. There's a thing that we like to do on the show. It's called the TKception. You're probably going to start seeing some hashtags in the comments talking about that and kind of going through some of those experiences. You know, we'll I'll share you. We'll, you'll see what I mean in a, in a few minutes. So I'll let I'll let everybody start kind of putting those in there in the chat, and I will definitely you know kind of start like. Um, I'm not gonna say wrapping up, but kind of like you know bringing it bringing it back in a little bit. Um, so Russ, kind of um, yeah, TK. I've heard that uh, I've seen the complaints about it because uh, it's uh, it's an excellent ear, not a wild linear. Yeah, for sure. The, the 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 vibration motor, I think, is just I don't understand why they did that. It just it makes no sense for me um, to change the experience in there. I think with smartphones, especially on the high end you expect the best experience but it is very different if you are if you like the s21 ultras vibration motor this and this could be a deal breaker this is definitely one of the things the note doesn't have now some people may prefer sorry some people may prefer the fact that it is not as strong but it actually is considerably lower like i mean seriously sometimes i've missed notification even like for me I'll, I'll be very frank my phone is on vibration most of the time very rarely do I take it off vibration, mostly because I have my smartwatch. Not all the notifications on the phone go to the smartwatch. Like I'll get a text message notification from WhatsApp, but if somebody calls me on WhatsApp, that doesn't push. For some reason, it just doesn't go. So I rely on the phone's vibration wherever it is. If I have it on any kind of soft surface, it's impossible for me to hear it. I have to keep it on a flat surface and hear the phone buzzing on the table, and that's how I pick up on the sound. So it's a, it's a different experience. Had I known, would it have changed the experience for me? Would I not get the phone? Honestly, there's so much more things to kind of talk about. But at the end of the day, it is something pretty noticeable right out of the box if you like to have your phone on silent or in, on vibration. Um, Finn saying that the, the stereo effect is way worse. Also, I, um, I, uh, oh, I answered to your question uh, about the case, but I think, oh, sorry. Yeah, let me see here. Let me see here. Finn. Uh, I hold my phone. Okay, no, da, da, da. Okay, so that wasn't it. Hi, Russ. Uh, I have. Oh, so he does have a D brand grip. Uh, so, uh, so it's a, th a thick case, but because it's the official OnePlus uh, sandstone case, and I didn't have any ghost touches. Interesting. Okay, so the the sandstone, <laughs> the sandstone one. Sorry, yeah, I just I just saw the note. Sorry, thank you, thank you, Finn. Uh, let me double check here. Okay, 
um, I think it's because it, it's built. Uh, yeah, it's it's built in and it has a different uh, linear motor compared to the previous releases. Uh, I'm used to the vibration on my phones uh, and <laughs> on my phone and that is loud. Seriously, yeah, uh, I'm used to them being so loud that I can actually hear them over hearing. I prefer hearing them over the ringtone itself. So for sure, for sure, it's it's one of those big things in there. Um, the reality at the end of the day, when I'm when I, when we look at a device from a yearly iteration, this is again a decision from from them. I have to double check honestly and see if the Note 20 Ultra had a similar uh, vibration motor. Although I don't think it did, I would have noticed it earlier. Uh, what we need to see and what we need to appreciate at least is it looks like it's gonna. It, you know, devices are not gonna slow down in releasing in 2022. It's still Q1. We literally have one week left, and we're gonna have a launch coming up before that ends. Um, I think it's literally on the last day of Q1. OnePlus is coming into the US. Um, Realme is pushing the, the, the technology of charging uh, 150 uh, watts. Again, if you want to be able to check that out, just check over on my Instagram stories from MWC. It was literally the first one I dropped, and it was during the right before start uh, the launch event starting. Um, the biggest thing that I probably will say is what we see from companies to manage or to provide us the best experiences is going to be a big factor. The 888 and the HN1 are both powerful chipsets but they need a thermal management approach that lets them run at the power level that they need and still keep them at, at an acceptable temperature um you know one uh, one thing i'll probably say is the neo 3 gt one of the reasons why i was mentioning this one it, if i'm understanding correctly it's going to be uh, supported by the uh, mediatek 8100 the new soc that they talked about the mediatek 8000 chipset uh, the dimensity 8000 so the 8100 is going to be the one coming up on that and i'm excited to see how that works the Find X5 Pro that I have is, an, is a Qualcomm one. International models didn't pick up on the uh, on the, this, the Dimensity 9000. And I haven't had a chance to check out Dimensity. I mean, I, I was at the launch event of the Dimensity 9000, and we still don't have access to that here in the US. I'm, I'm really hoping to see somebody or a company bring, bring that device or that type of technology for us here in the US. Uh, so a lot of things going on. And I do want to say, I probably think um, StreamYard is having a hard time bringing up the comment because it's very much delayed on my end. Um, I hope TM, yeah, and then Russ also kind of jumping in with, I hope TSM, TSMC with the HN1 Plus chips uh, makes it a little bit better um, uh, as opposed to, you know, what we see. The reality at, when you start looking at it, though, it's going to be based on the same architecture, 90%. It's a plus, typically overclocked, maybe adding a few functions. But at the end of the day, it's not changing the architecture. It's not changing the entire performance. So we'll have to see if TSMC is able to bring it in, um, uh, rate, rate it in and change it big enough in a uh, in a, a plus edition of an existing architecture, or will it have to be basically with the agent too, or where we see that? I'm also still really wanting to see what is the seven series and the six series from Qualcomm gonna look like. Q1 is over and I feel like this is Q1 for HN1. Let's get into those conversation. I wanna see the, uh, you know, the, the seven series. I wanna see the six series. What improvements are we going to start seeing and how they're going to be able to, you know, usher in the new technology and will they have still the same best bang for the buck type of an experience? So for sure. Um, I'm still waiting for a domestic 9000 smartphone global uh, rollout. Opal only keep the version for uh, in China. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's always going to be that one, uh, Farhan. Uh, Google Pixel own uh, uh, Pixel's uh, own users interface will be available Android 13. Uh, yes, so uh, the uh, the the UI element that we're seeing within Android 12 is not going. Material U will continue into Android 13. I think that's a big part of what we have there. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the eight, the seven Gen one, for sure, for sure. Um, so let me go ahead and just bring it over to the split screen. We're going to go ahead and real quick. So we're going to do this nice thing that we do on the show. It's called the TKception. It started as a, 
as a mistake on my end one day trying to share a screen and I accidentally shared the stream. Uh, but it actually did end up doing something very nicely uh, aesthetically on, on the show that kept it uh, really interesting for everybody in here. So let me go ahead and just find one real quick. Okay, so Greg kick, kicking us off with this. I'll go ahead and share screen and one, two, and wow, right there. So with that being said, I'll say first and foremost, obviously, thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us on this show. Um, it's been a very busy week. It's been a lot of things going on, way more things coming up. And I'm sure you guys will be very interested in what we have to cover, obviously, next week. I want to try to put out a couple more videos on the uh, on the Edge Plus before I get a, ch a chance to give it back. It goes back to Motorola. Um, and we'll have to see how that kind of goes from there. So thank you very much for everybody hanging out with us. Thank you to Greg, TKception, uh, TK Push next week, Bay. <laughs> You know how it is. Hey, at least I'm able to say the name of the phone. You know, in the past, I've had it where I couldn't even talk about it. Last Monday on the show with uh, with Juan Carlos, he's like, which phone are you using? And I couldn't say that it was this because of a whole embargo thing. So I, I do apologize for that. But um, I, I hope you understand, you know, that's that's part of the, the way of the way or of the world in that sense. Uh, thank you very much to Finn Jacobs. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you very much for kicking it with us again. Dominic Wong, always, always happy to have you. Thank you for you know uh, joining us on the stream. TKception, TKR Bay, TK Super Saiyan Bay, always. <laughs> TK Samson Bay. We'll have to find a way to find that, that love story to come back. Oh, absolutely, man. Always, always going to be an interesting. And of course, Sebastian Lobos, thank you very much for kicking it with us. TK Seption. Uh, Dragon Goddess, uh, thank you very much. TK Master Tech, uh, uh, absolutely humbling. I appreciate it. And the reality at the end of the day is, you know, we're all in it together, really. We're all trying to kind of get the story, understand and see the approach and see what companies are trying to, to do to either, you know, improve our experiences, uh, you know, innovate. Nothing is trying to innovate in this uh, in the field. And I want to see how they're able to do that, of course. Uh, Hamid Hamid, thank you very much. <laughs> Alan, Alan. Uh, TKHTC, oh my God, the, the M9 will always be my favorite. And I really wish HTC would try to come back in a, in a way, but I feel like I think they're focusing on all of their, it's like in the ways of LG. It's it's a company, It's, it's they're in the business, but they're just, uh, it's a different approach. Um, oops, sorry, one second. Uh, TK, <laughs> TK Bayception, 150 watt is crazy. It is, but it's not as crazy as the fact as Opal also showed 240 watts at, uh, at MWC. Like they're like, if you really want to go fast, we could do the whole thing in nine minutes. You know, nine minutes to charge a phone, a 4,800 milliampere battery. That is crazy fast. Uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you very much. TKception, TK Bay, TK Next Week, of course. Uh, TK Podcast Bay, stay hydrated, always, always, always. Um, I didn't realize, but today I am definitely, hmm. it is, uh, hydration is always going to be a big, a big part of that. Hamid, Hamid, thank you very much. Uh, always, always thank you for everybody for kicking it with us on, uh, on the show. And of course, keeping, keeping, keeping the support going and keeping it really fun and easy to hang out with you guys and, and have fun on a, on a weekend. Um, like I said, next week will be even busier. There's going to be some good content. I'm going to try to push out a video on uh, the Huawei supercomputer. I, I got hacks uh, hands-on from after the show from MWC, and I want to share with you guys the super device, not supercomputer, super device technology that they're trying to showcase. And uh, it's going to be obviously featuring the P50 Pro. So hopefully that'll come up early next week, uh, and we'll see uh, we'll see other things kind of coming up there. Uh, but thank you for everybody. Thank you to Finn. Uh, thank you for Domin Thank you to Dominic, Jimmy, uh, Marilyn for kicking it with us as well. El Josa, um, Hamid as well. Russ, uh, you know Sebastian Lobos there. Dragon Goddess. 
uh, Hamid again, uh, Farhan, ahlan wa sahlan. welcome, Russ, Dominic, uh, Finn, always, always, I think, uh, Do uh, and I think we saw Dominic in there, Michael Corrigan, um, Greg, uh, and I think I'm missing somebody, hold on, uh, Russ in there, I, 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 oh, Sam kicking it with us as well, El Josa, uh, and uh, Earl, I think, I think I want to say Earl also kind of kicked it with us, so um, try to be good. And, uh, and I know it, it's hard. It's hard to tell thing, to, to people to, to do something in a way. The reality at the end of the day is this. We try to do the best that we can every single day. We don't try to do the worst. We need to learn from our mistakes. We need to do better in the future. And if there is a hard time going on, just know that everything and every, whatever comes up down our way, we will get through it. And at some point, we will do better and we will be better at some point. So this is why I always say be safe, stay safe, and do better with your tech. And I hope you're enjoying the hardware or any kind of uh, you know, technology that you're purchasing to help you do better and be better in life. So with that being said, I'll see you next week for the, another episode of an and the Android Bay. Um, let's go ahead and obviously all keep it up for Monday for the SGTQA with Juan Carlos. And of course, next Thursday, we'll be back with the best of our week. I'm TK. Thank you very much. Sabaho again, even though it's the end of the show, but I'll see you in the next one.